the world is changing and that is amazing, albeit a bit unsettling sometimes. You see, the third dimension is grasping desperately to hold our collective consciousness in its grip, but one by one we are shifting into the fifth dimensional reality. We are shedding the old concepts of fear, greed, power over, and control as they give way to understanding, love, compassion, and community. I'm your host, Laura Christine, intuitive healer and channel. I've created this show to help you manifest your lighter, brighter future by following the urgings of your boundless soul. Trust me, it knows where to go. Hit subscribe to stay aligned. Now relax and enjoy the show. Wow, my friend, this was so fun. I did not want to let Amy go. (laughs) One of my favorite things she said right off the bat was an exclamation point of an existence. You know, can you really make your life be that exclamation point of an existence? Oh my word. I have so many quotes from her. I'll share just one because where we're at We're experiencing a lot of contrast right now, and we always do, that's a human thing. But the quote here is, contrasting experiences are really where the juice is for the soul. I really love that. I can't wait for you to hear more about Amy and her journey as a reluctant medium. And as I like to do, I'll tell you a little bit about her numerology. I cannot even express how much sense it makes that she was reluctant to do her work in the world because both her inner world number and outer world number, so that soul, that inner self, and then the external experiences that you're typically going to experience a lot of karma around are the same, and they are the number 11. Now, 11 is that number that's about really elevating yourself and transcending the duality to really merge the individual self with the one that is all, so with the universal self. And it makes so much sense that she was so reluctant to do her work because that is exactly what she does for people. But our inner world and outer world numbers, these placements in our numerology are usually pretty challenging until we really start to own that soulness, own who we really are inside. Because we're not going to create harmony in our external environments until we really own and accept and allow the soul, our inner world, to be in harmony with itself. And having both of those be the same number, that 11, that's a tricky path to tread. Fortunately for Amy, she is absolutely treading it. The rest of her numerology really deals with being an uplifter, being a take-charge kind of leader and healer, And then giving that expansive perspective and really living in that expansive viewpoint of what reality can be. So I know she's embodying this. Of course, yes, I do numerology sessions for people as well. So if you are feeling like 
you want to match up to what your soul is really yearning for in this lifetime, feel free to reach out being.boundless on Instagram, or you can always go to beingboundless.com. There's a couple options for your soul map there. So I'll give you a little introduction before we dig into this interview. You can read more in the show notes, but Amy White is an international best-selling author, highly sought-after speaker, and intuitive medium. She is on a mission to help individuals heal the past, discover personal truths, and thrive. She was once a reluctant medium, but now she embraces her gifts and she is here to drop truth bombs. She does some of that in this episode and give people a level of peace even through crisis. So Amy is a mother whose son had quite the battle with some mental health issues and she really started opening up with that journey because, well, she wanted, of course, to help her son get through that crisis, but she also found that there wasn't very much support for mothers and parents going through this. She wrote a book in 2016 about this called Closer to Paradise, A Mother's Journey Through Crisis and Healing, which we do touch on in the interview. And it really takes her readers along the wild roller coaster ride of heartache and invaluable life lessons that happen during times like this. She co-authored another book, Bold is Beautiful, Breakthrough to Business Strategies, sharing her story of leaving her career to pursue her dream of coaching and advocating, again, for parents, caregivers, and those transitioning through life's challenges and crises. Let's jump in with this boundless soul. And we're recording. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Amy. I got you recording this time. Oh my gosh. I'm, well, I'm glad to be here again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for the listeners, I totally forgot to record the beginning. So we're starting over. <laughs> so first things first, and I invite everybody to do this with you, Amy, all the listeners, wherever you are. If you're in your car, it might be a little harder. So just come back to this after you're done driving. <laughs> but Go ahead and take a nice, deep, luxurious breath. Close your eyes and tune in with your soul. Find out what your soul looks like today. What is your soul wearing? Are there shoes? Anything on the head? Does your soul have wings? Is there something or an animal that your soul is riding on? You know, what does your soul look like? And when you have that image... Since you're here with me, Amy, you get to be the one to share <laughs> what your soul looks like. Oh, I love this question so much because I actually tune into this a lot for my own self. See, to, to me, my soul looks a lot like me, maybe an evolved version of me or, a, you know, a little bit of a more ethereal version of me. But, you know, the same look, the curly hair and, you know, the the same style. I mean, I feel like we're like best girlfriends at the same time. You know, it's so, it's such a, it's such a yummy experience to tune into that. And, you know, one of the things about my soul that I love is I always notice the glimmer in her eye, that sparkle, you know, like she's up to something really amazing. <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting. And look, she brought you here. So that makes me feel yeah. good. <laughs> 
And I see that glimmer shining through your eyes as well. So I feel, and I've already asked you this, but I'm going to do it again. So because the next step, and this is for everybody, because it's like we can sometimes feel disconnected from that soul. So where is your soul? Are you connected right now? Or is your soul kind of floating off into the ethers, way down in the ground? Is it hiding? Is it scrunched up inside you? You know, feel into where your soul is right now. And then, Amy, you can share again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think what feels to me is that my soul is, is within me and, you know, outside of me, but very close in proximity. There's this really feeling of clicking in with my soul, especially when I'm really feeling connected. And to me, when I connect inward, it is with the intention of that locking in, that clicking into that deeper part of me, that wisdom part of me, that is me at the same time, you know, is energetically vibrating at a different level than me. Very cool. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's an awesome image to think about. And the cool thing about this exercise is that it can help us feel more confident. You know, if we're feeling anxiety, it can help us to be more embodied. I just love it. And then as we go about our day too, you know, it's like, okay, what about me? Am I really embodying my soul right now? Do I have my crown on straight? (laughs) You know, as I do this interview, it's like, let's click in with that soul and let's, let's be that, you know, that real essence of who we are. So I love your answer. (laughs) Yeah. And I love this question so much because for me, this life journey and from everything that I've been shown in the work that I do is about that continuous coming home to that part Mm -hmm. of us, that soul part of us. I think that's our journey, you know, and it's to, to not just be aware that the soul is there, but to form a relationship with that soul, to nourish that part of our existence, our experience, to learn to dance in concert with that deeper, you know, wisdom part of us, as I said before, like really coming home and coming in alignment and clicking into that. I believe that's the big piece of our life journey. I don't even have words. I was, I was trying to like come up with something good to say after that. And I just was, I just took a breath and felt it and soaked it in. I love it. And I I do agree with you. And it actually leads very well into my next question that I usually ask everybody is what makes you feel boundless? And I think that is how we all feel boundless is when we are completely in line with our soul, but I want to hear it from you. So if you have a different answer, please go for it. I mean, that, that is the answer. You know, when I can come into relationship, community, connection, partnership, all of those words apply with this deeper wisdom, with my soul, with my inner knowing, it is boundless, right? Because that's where the aliveness for me lives. And that's where my physical experience and my soul experience meet. And when I'm there, which I'm not there all the time, I mean, none of us are really, if we were intending to always be in that alignment, we wouldn't be here in this physical experience. But when I'm there, and I really set the intention to be there as often as I can, it is boundless. The opportunities, the possibilities, the compassion that is in me and that I can share outside of me is all there in its fullest, fullest, you know, um, exclamation point of an existence. Yeah. Ooh, exclamation point of an existence. Ooh, I want to grab onto that one and use it. <laughs> That's 
awesome. <laughs> and then I want to touch on something that you mentioned that, you know, no, of course, you're not always feeling in that clicked in essence. But the fact is, well, I think the fact is <laughs> that we're all here for the experience of being a human being for this lifetime or however many lifetimes it happens to be. And that literally every single experience that we do expands the collective consciousness. So if you're feeling like crap, you're still in that expanding state, right? And I think we get, yeah, we get so hard on ourselves. So do you want to talk more about that? What you feel about it? Things that you've kind of seen with it in your work? Because I do want to get into your work as well. I know you're a medium and all of that good stuff. So we'll get into that right after this, but I just really want to hear how you view that. Yeah. And I think this is, this is really, you know, c- kind of the continuation of the conversation we were just having, because the experience here is for the purpose of our soul's expansion. And you're right. It's everything that we experience, whether we deem it good or bad, or whether we judge ourselves, you know, or celebrate ourselves, every single experience is for the expansion of our soul. And in that expansion of our soul, it expands, it ripples out to the collective, right? And when I say the collective, it's so it's every soul that's in existence, every human being, every living being that's in existence, because there are so many things that we don't often think about that do have a soul. And that It's for the highest benefit of all. But the soul is like a hungry dog. It just wants to consume experiences that help in the expansion. And, you know, we can judge it harshly sometimes because contrasting experiences are really where the juice is for the soul. It's those opportunities for the soul to go big expansion. You know, when things are going well, we tend to be less introspective and less focused on the experience and more just, you know, going with the flow. But when we have those contrasting moments, man, that's where it is. I mean, it's really where it is. And that's, you know, for good or for bad, that's the, you know, the purpose our soul chose to come into this human experience for all of the contrasting opportunities that exist here. I love that perspective shift that, I mean, it's, To me, that's a shift and a lot of perspectives because, yeah, the good or the bad and this contrast and, you know, in the spiritual community too, a lot of times it's just like, well, nothing is good and bad. And and that's okay. That's true too. But, But we experience the good and the bad as whatever we experience them and to just shift that into, but this is the juice. (laughs) This is like why I'm here. This is exciting. It's just a little, it can help maybe take the edge off a little bit. Well, and I love what you're saying because I think in the work that I do and in the teaching that I do, I often talk about what I call the balance point. And in spirituality realms, oftentimes we're talking about transcending the human experience to this higher vibrational experience. But the balance point is really where we're able to hold the human experience. So that's the good, the bad, the negative feeling, the happy, you know, high highs, the low lows, like all of it. But then to bring the soul experience in, into the same moment and really hold both pieces of the whole of who we are in a single moment and in a moment by moment by moment 
basis. And so it's not denying any of it. I mean, the human things, we do feel, you know, negative emotions. We do feel positive emotions. And so we can accept that part of us and also bring that soul higher perspective in at the same time. And it's just this, like, I'm often shown this sphere of like, you can't be in wholeness. You can't be, to go back to the beginning, really aligned and connected with your soul and your inner knowing if you're denying any part of your experience. So it's, it's like this and, it's both. I really, I knew I was going to love this, it, <laughs> this interview. <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about, because I just want to give a little more context of where you're coming from, a little bit about your story. I mean, I know we don't have time to share our full life stories in an interview, but you know, you are a medium, but you were reluctant to do that as a lot of mediums tend to be that I know anyway, but Mm -hmm. here's what I want to start with actually (laughs) before we even do that. So Amy, and we're going to share this with all of you uh, listening out there, but she has a free video series called time of evolution. And I clicked on that link and read the side of it. So about Amy kind of and her journey (laughs) and she worked in corporations. And then when you started to come out and say that you're a medium. You had people say, well, you don't look like a medium. And my Mm -hmm. question to them, I guess, but you're the one here, so you can answer for them, (laughs) is, (laughs) well, what does a medium look like? What are they they comparing you to? So what was that about, do you think? (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I think pop culture does a really great job or, you know, it does a, does a job in bringing sort of that stereotypical view of the storefront charlatan psychic, you know, and the long flowy dresses and the, you know, the raven on the shoulder. I don't know, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, and you know what, and, and that's not to say that those that are out there that are in that space, and I use charlatan, you know, from a pop culture perspective, but certainly I appreciate and honor anyone who's doing this work. But I think that from a standpoint of like societal views and how it's portrayed in the media and in entertainment, you know, people expect something very different from meeting somebody in this line of work. Yeah, Yeah, that does make sense. (laughs) You know, dressed in (laughs) jeans and a t-shirt or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's, that's really cool. I have so many friends that are psychics and mediums and they're all different, you know, yeah. they're, they're all, we're all different. <laughs> so I do love that. So tell me how you started to do readings for people or how you actually got into the work. Cause I'm sure it was pretty much soul led. <laughs> well, it was completely soul led. And like you said, I worked uh, corporate uh, jobs for many, many years. Um, not just working corporate jobs, but I was very intentionally climbing the ladder I started in technology right out of college. I loved technology. I loved the linear thinking of technology. I love the left brain, analytical, you know, strong intellectual side of me. And even though I've, I've known I was intuitive my entire life, it was very easy to get into that thinking space of, I have a good gut sense. I have strong instincts. I have very good, you know, corporate street smarts. And so I always, you know, applied those types of things to the work that I did. So even when I was denying that part of me, I was really still leveraging that part of me. As I moved through my corporate roles, I started to recognize that 
what was once my passion and I felt so wholeheartedly was my purpose started to wane, but I stayed with it because it was a means to an end. And there were lots of reasons why I stayed for in corporate as long as I did. But in the midst of it, I found that I really loved to do coaching and corporate coaching, life coaching. And so I started a side hustle in early 2000s um, doing coaching work. And as I started meeting with the clients, I started to recognize that I knew things that I didn't know how I knew about the clients, but I used that information to direct the coaching sessions. And so it was really a great validation for me because I would bring something to the forefront that I was getting intuitively and the client would be like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And then we were able to put tactical things in place to help them to move through blocks or whatever it was that they were feeling challenged with. And so I did that for many years, but as I was doing that work, I was building this confidence of, okay, there's something here. And I started to work with a teacher who helped me to put words to what was happening and what I was experiencing, what I was accessing. But, and there's a big but because reluctant I was. And so even after I left my corporate job and, and launched into this coaching practice full time, I didn't come out and tell my clients that I was doing intuitive coaching with them, even if they didn't know it. So until one day I had a long-term client who I happened to mention that I pulled some tarot cards for before our session together. And she said, well, what did they say? And so I did a little mini tarot reading for her. And at the end she said, and I'll never forget it. She said, why aren't you doing this work? <laughs> Which, of course, I was getting the knock on the door anyway, you know, from my soul and from spirit saying, you know, girl, it's time. But it was really this pivotal moment for me where I had to, I had to sit down and look in the mirror and say, all right, you know, you're hearing all of the messages, all of your guidance. Why aren't you doing the work? And it, it, I was scared. I was scared yeah. of how people would receive me. I was scared or uncertain about what that would look like. And coming from such a left brain, you know, 30 years in, a, you know, corporate roles, and then to be like listing so far to the woo-woo side of things, it was a process for me, you know, and I just had to start to do it a little bit at a time. So there was so much reluctancy there. But to, to kind of circle back to your question about the mediumship piece, I went through about a three-year, what I call contract negotiation with source, <laughs> where I basically was like, I am not talking to dead people, not talking to dead people. And source was like, mm-hmm. And then, you know, it would keep, we would keep doing it. And I'm, and I, you know, so I kept having to revisit the things that made me reluctant. And I didn't want to walk through the world being bombarded by everybody's transitioned relatives or loved ones or friends, right? And I also knew, and I could see it already in my mind's eye, that once I sort of stepped into that role, there were going to be all kinds of spirits, uh, souls that would connect through me because I was that portal. And so this negotiation really, I mean, three years, seriously, and I kept being like, mm -mm, not today, not today. And finally, I was able to say, okay, here's the boundaries, Here's how I want to be able to, to do this work and, and be in the human experience because my soul wants that experience as well. And to be able to turn the switch on and off for when 
I was doing that work. And that really allowed me to step out and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to, to do that part of the intuitive work that I do. Well, you just said one of my favorite words, boundary. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. important. And there's so many different aspects of boundaries. But I truly believe we can never be boundless unless we're able to set boundaries for ourselves around the things we love. You know, I love that you set those boundaries with spirit. And I love that you talked about the challenges of this transition for you. After I learned how to teach yoga, I was starting to meet people in these more energetic and as you said, woo woo, woo woo (laughs) realms, but was starting to meet all of these like mediums and everything. And I thought if only I could do that, my life would be easy. (laughs) And let me tell you what, no, (laughs) yeah, no. I get it. It's it's greener though, right? The grass over there is greener than whatever I've got going on over here, you know, and that's another just perspective shift that I had to learn. So let's talk a little more about that spiritual awakening and how, yes, it can be amazing and wonderful and flowy, but not always. (laughs) I would say that spiritual awakening is really messy you know, in the work that I've done in my own experience and in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients I've worked with, it's a consistent theme. But that, you know, messy doesn't have to be bad. You know, I feel like when we choose to awaken to the truth of who we are, and we can call that so many things, accessing our spiritual gifts or speaking our truth or showing up in the world authentically, whatever it is. But when we make the choice to really come into partnership with our inner knowing, with our soul, it's where the aliveness is. And I think that that's part of what we as a society are conditioned to believe that that aliveness, that those negative experiences somehow equal bad and wrong and off the path. And it's not, it's the path. It's so the path. And when I can tune into that aliveness and then I help my clients through their own sort of awakening into that aliveness, there's some deeper grounding that happens when we recognize, oh, this is really what it's about. Like how to fully, fully, fully encompass that aliveness, that rawness, that realness, that truth that's in us in ways that so many choose not to for whatever reason, because it's scary and it's messy and all of those things, but it's so worth it. I can't imagine for me personally, not living this life. Like it's almost unfathomable to me to think about where I was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago in this box of, you know, following the, you know, following the normal, you know, the normal rules and guidelines for living. And boy, I I think I felt, and part of the awakening for me was that my soul started to feel like it was slowly dying in that, you know, call it normalcy. I don't have a better word right now, but in that sort of status quo of the shoulds. And I believe me when I say I should all over myself for years and years, you know, about who I was supposed to be and how I was supposed to act and the ways I was supposed to show up in the world, all those shoulds. 
And when I was able to drop those and start to embrace the life I want to live, yeah, all that messiness, mm, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It is. It's, it is. I just can only repeat you. It's so worth it. And a visual that came to me was painting. I actually was an oil painting in college because I did the normal thing and I had to go to college. Yeah. But then I was just like, well, I know I need a degree, but I just want to do art because I don't want people telling me what to do. <laughs> so, of course, they still did, right? But just a little bit differently. But it's so messy to do that. It is such a mess to set up get all your oil paint because I, I was an oil painter and it's just a messy thing. It takes a long time to set up. It's your paint is all over the place. It's all over you. It's just messy. But then what you yeah. create is this amazing, beautiful piece of art. And to me, that's like all the mess is just the setup and the, you know, the cleanup and all of that. But the art yeah. is what it's about. Oh, I love yeah. that. And I think that it, it, it helps us to appreciate the beauty of the art as we've experienced the creation of it. You know, it's, you can look at a piece of art and say, wow, that's beautiful. But when you've created it and you can remember like scrubbing the paint off the floor and washing your brushes and like doing that, there's so much more appreciation for the final product because you have seen and experienced the journey along the way. Absolutely. And then that, we're going to keep going with this metaphor, I guess, because I keep getting chills like when you're talking too. It's this, everyone's art is different. So, you know, whoever comes to you to connect more deeply with their soul, because I truly believe, you know, that's what you do. You help people connect yeah. with their soul. And each person's soul is going to lead them on the journey that's for them. And it's so cool to know that it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter thing. Like if you come to Amy or you go to another coach or a healer or whatever, you're going to align with your soul. You don't have to should on yourself or make yourself look like somebody else. Yeah. It's about being you 100% completely you. So I love that. It's so in alignment too, because over the last couple of months, especially um, in the channeling work that I do, the message that's been coming through louder and louder and louder each time I channel through is about personal responsibility. And I have this conversation all the time with like personal responsibility isn't sexy, right? But it is so important when we can come to a place, each one of us individually, and understand that we're empowered to make any choices we want to come into alignment with what feels connected and resonant with our soul and act from there, regardless of what anybody's doing, saying, acting like being, no matter what road they're driving down, we each have and are empowered to create that experience for us regardless. And even bigger than that, the message that's been coming through is that by each of us individually starting to take that personal responsibility to own our journeys and the way that we're being called to move through and down the paths of our journey, that's where healing comes. That's where the evolution of humanity is born because we're no longer trying to force each other to believe and to act and to do in only specific ways. But there's this bigger idea of humanity coming into alignment with their soul and then coming into community from that space. 
that's just ginormous. Yeah. And frankly, to me, that's pretty darn sexy. So maybe yeah. I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> but I like that. <laughs> yeah. And you and, know, when you meet somebody who, who you can tell is really embodying their truth in a way that is maybe different from other people around them, you can see it. You know, you can see the sparkle in, your, in their eye. You can see it. You can feel it. And so what's more inspiring than that? You know, because for me, then it inspires others to say, I want that. It goes back to that, like when Harry meets Sally, right? You know, it's that, you know, I want what she's having. But I think that there's a lot of people that just need, you know, you called it a little, like a little shift. It really can be a little shift of like, well, she's normal and she's getting this in a different way. And I want some of that. And I really feel like that's where we are in this time of evolution is figuring that piece out for ourselves so that we can move through the world in such a bigger, more truthful, truth-telling, truth-bomb-dropping way. I love it. And that is a truth bomb. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up just because I know we can have a conversation about it, but you know, with all of the political, I mean, this is going to drop probably right after the election in, in the U.S. And with all of this political, and look at the word politics, poll. I mean, oh. it's polarity. And that's just kind of what has been created by humanity. I mean, come on, let's not sugarcoat it. Humans created this. <laughs> and, and humans, I don't know who you channel, but here's my thought. I'd love to hear your thought on this. Humans are the only ones who can, quote unquote, save humanity. Nobody's going to come in with a ship and be like, all right, y'all, the lightworkers are right. Everyone else is wrong. Come on. <laughs> not happening. What do you think, though? I might be wrong. Yeah, you know, well, so I, I channel um, a group of energy beings that are called the greater consciousness. And the greater consciousness describes themselves as the infinite wisdom that exists within all of us. So Love just to, to sort of set that stage. But I think that it's, you know, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I think it's this and, right? I, 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 one of the things that the greater consciousness has been saying about world events in general is that, and I'm going to say this as thoughtfully as possible because I know that it is there are so many strong opinions and believe me, people have the right to believe anything they want. But what the messages that I've been getting through are that it doesn't really matter what happens with the election or COVID or Brexit or, 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 right? Because all of it sort of swirling in the stew of this past year and more, but we'll say this past year has been for the purpose of this human awakening, this humanity awakening, this consciousness up-leveling. And so each piece and part is, whether we're deeming it good or bad, is playing a role that's so important for this awakening. And so I love what you're saying about like humans are here to save ourselves, but it's really, it's bigger than that. Because, you know, we talk, we've been talking this whole conversation about being this human and the soul in the same moment. And so, it's consciousness that's up-leveling and awakening. And it's really not about saving or being saved. It's about waking up to what is really the bigger 
purpose for our being here on this planet and being in the soul experience. It's so much bigger than the news snippets and what's actually happening. And believe me when I say that the human side of me, right? The human side of me has all kinds of thoughts and opinions about how things are playing out. But when I bring the two pieces together, and I know that there is a higher purpose for what's happening, I can be in a place of neutrality and not apathy, but a neutrality that says, I'm excited to see how each of these players are playing a role. And each of us is playing a role in this evolution that's happening. That's what I'm excited for. And what the greater consciousness has shown me is that what's coming is community and compassion and humanity in a way that we've never experienced it. Will it be all of us? No, it won't. And we don't want it to be because if it were everybody on the same page, believing the same exact thing, there would be no contrast. And without the contrast, there would be no evolution. And so we would just all go into non-physical and be done, which I don't think we, any of us want to do right now. Maybe some of us, but you know, I know a few who coming. might. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but it does it does look pretty nice over there. <laughs> but again, but, it's you know we're here to evolve. Yeah, and the grass is greener, isn't it? <laughs> so maybe yeah, once you get maybe. there, maybe you'll be like, oh, the grass actually was pretty green over there too. <laughs> well, so, and and I'll just I'll just give you guys all a little secret, which yeah, you know, do that. I know people do talk about, but our souls don't stop evolving. So guess what? we're going to have the opportunity to evolve in the non-physical and we have had the opportunity to evolve in the non-physical. We will continue to be on this evolutionary process. So maybe it won't feel like the human contrast, but the soul is going to want what the soul wants. So it doesn't end when we leave this physical experience. Sorry to break it to you all. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's different, but yeah, it doesn't end. No, I love that. I love that. The soul's going to want what the soul's going to want. And it it. does. So can we talk a little bit about your book after a really short break right here? And we're back. So you have a couple of, you co-authored a book and then you wrote a book called Closer to Paradise. And that is a mother's journey through crisis and healing. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because I have a feeling that is really supportive for a lot of people right now. So yeah, thank you for asking. Oh, so of course. The book is a memoir. It's a a chronicling of my journey supporting my teenage son through a mental health crisis. And it is, it's actually more focused on my journey than my son's journey, though, of course, I tell his parts of his story as well. And the purpose for writing the book was when I found myself in this experience of navigating behavioral health maze, mazes, and in and out of emergency rooms and hospitals and treatment centers and residential facilities, I was looking for support and community in the space of other parents and caregivers who had experienced something similar or were experiencing something similar. Because for me, the idea of coming together in community and supporting each other and sharing experiences is so cathartic and so important. But I didn't find it. I looked and I looked, you know, and and this is not, I'm not saying anything that's surprising, but mental health is really 
quite a stigmatized conversation. And when you are a mother of a child who is having mental health challenges, the judgment, the blame, the shame, the finger pointing, it's really vibrant and real. And so I was surprised and saddened when I realized that there weren't a lot of people talking about it and that community that I was seeking didn't seem to be in existence. So I started writing a blog and I called the blog Far From Paradise because I realized in the moment that I was sitting in the space of my son's crisis, I was probably as far from paradise as I could have imagined myself to be. So I started writing the blog, chronicling the experience, the lessons learned, some of the big aha moments, but things that I was also discovering about myself, both self-care as well as advocacy, speaking my truth, even if my voice shook, all of the things that I found that I had to really do to support myself and my son. And that included talking about things that were uncomfortable to lots of people. Within a few months, I had over 30 countries reading my blog and emails were flying in, parents sharing stories, caregivers asking questions. It was really beautiful because when I couldn't find the community I was looking for, I created it. And from there, I spoke, you know, I've spoken publicly and on NPR and at events and conferences about the journey and really the opportunity to stand up and own our experience in a way that can sometimes feel really raw and vulnerable. The book then was born from the blog because after I wrote, after I was writing the blog, I realized that there was a deeper story that needed to be told so that I could reach beyond, you know, the readership of my blog and hopefully provide a sense of not just the knowing that you can survive a crisis like that, but that you can find ways to thrive because of it and after it and ongoing beyond it. Oh, that's such a beautiful purpose and mission. I'm wondering if your clients now for your readings, do they span the whole gamut of human experience or have you kind of noticed those people who had experiences like yours kind of gravitate to you? So curious. I would, yeah, I would say both. I mean, definitely my clients run the gamut. I have clients all over the world um, and their journeys are all so unique and different. I do find though that many of the clients come to me with some type of trauma experience that they're finding their way through or trying to not, I, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word heal because we, you know, it's not that we're broken, but to find the places in them that, that can thrive from more, a little more love and kindness and compassion for the experience that they've had. In my mediumship work, I do recognize that very often the people who are coming to me are people who've lost loved ones or friends to uh, suicide. And I think that part, because part of the story with my son was that there were a number of suicide attempts uh, as part of his journey, and that there's part of me that really shines that light out for people to, to find me uh, for that type of connection. It's not all the mediumship work that I do, but there, it's, there's, there's a, a vast majority of clients that I work with uh, that have had some experience with death by suicide. And that leads really 
really well right into if people are interested in either, you know, reading your book or your books or working with you, tell us where we can find you. Yep. So all of my, um, all the information is on my website at amywhite.co, amywhite.co. And there you can find all of the different services, the products, the different offerings that I have, courses that I have, channeling work that I do. It's all in one very convenient spot. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Amy White Medium, and I'm on Instagram at Ms. Amy White. That's M-Z Amy White. Beautiful. Oh, Instagram is tough, isn't it? People grab your name first. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You got to find another one. Um, And then I'll also put out here, and this will all be in the show notes, if you go to amywhite.co slash boundless soul, you can see her free video series, Time of Evolution. I know I'm going to be checking that out. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. welcome. Glad to share it. And before we go, I have about two more questions for you. I, of course, want to keep talking to you, but I do respect that, you know, you probably have more things to do than just talk to me today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am wondering, and I think you might have alluded to this earlier, but what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And, you know, how have you used it? Oh, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. Um, I think I was thinking of the, of the, the quote that I, uh, or the advice that I was uh, originally thinking. And then I just, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, there's a couple that are also coming to mind, but I'm going to stick with the one that I actually uh, kind of came into this conversation with, which is speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. And that's really one of the things that I've learned so dynamically over and over and over because it really is that deeper connection into the who we are at our truth, at our wholeness. And for me, that's, again, I've said it a number of times, but that's, that's where it's all about. That's what it's all about. And it's also the thing that I learned going through my son's crisis, which positioned me to maybe not be as reluctant as a medium as I, <laughs> as I was. Uh, maybe I would have been more reluctant. Yeah. Yeah. Silver lining. <laughs> you found yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. Exactly. Beautiful. And then, well, actually, oh my gosh, can I ask two more questions? I want to know, you sure. said you had some courses on your website. What are you, what are your courses on? So I have an online course that teaches people how to connect deeper into their own inner, inner knowing their own intuition. Really one of my passions is teaching people how to connect in with that inner wisdom that exists within all of us and to begin to really trust the information that they're getting, the inspiration that they're getting and use that intuition as their internal GPS, you know, as a turn by turn navigation system. I think, and it goes to what we were talking about earlier, more and more we're being asked to look inward, to connect inward, to not be so concerned about what everyone is saying outside of ourselves. So it's a, it's a beautiful way to start sort of trusting. Um, so that's one of the courses I offer. And the other is that I have a community slash course um, that I host twice monthly channeling calls. And it's for the purpose of deepening the connection into our inner knowing, but it's also now it's been expanded to explore this time of evolution and how we can be, you know, more and more grounded in 
who we are as we're riding the waves of what's happening out in the, in the world. So those are the two big offerings um, right now that I have on my site. They both sound fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the closer we are to our own truth, the easier this whole tumultuous craziness really yeah. is. Completely. So, yeah. So I always like to ask my guests if they have one small, you know, activity or practice that the listeners can take with them for this week and try it out. Maybe it's something that they can use to connect deeper in with their soul or whatever you want to share. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love for you to give us a little tip or a technique or something that we can take away from this conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I love, and I do this for myself, I do three things every morning that help to bring me into presence and connection into my body, into my physical body, which then, you know, helps with that alignment to my soul body. And it's, it's really simple. It doesn't take very long. But when I wake up, and as I start to come into consciousness, I intentionally take five to seven deep breaths. I loved it at the beginning, you know, deep belly breaths in and out, you know, I try to set an intention for the day on my in-breath and release something that maybe I carried over in my thinking mind from the day before. When I'm done with that, I roll out of bed and I place my feet on the ground and I consciously connect in. I feel like it's this pin drop, you know, you drop a pin of this is where I am right now in this moment. And I just take a couple minutes to feel my feet on the floor, recognize my body, where I am, how it feels, how I, you know, how I feel in the physical body. Because the physical body is really the biggest antenna to our inner wisdom. So when I can connect there and be fully present, it just amps up the ability to connect. And then I set, I set the intention to be open to the possibility for whatever life shows me that day. And I don't have to be specific about it. It's just sort of opening that gate to being aware of what life brings and open to it in a way that's not in resistance to whatever's going to happen for that day. So it's those three things, really simple. I mean, honestly, it can take three to five minutes you know, or as long as you want. Like sometimes if I have the time, I'll, I'll do some meditation in there as well. But I make sure that I do those three things every day. And it really starts the day on the right foot in the right configuration for me. Oh, I absolutely love that. I'll be doing that with everybody. So <laughs> let's jump yeah, on this cool. awesome bandwagon. This is what I, <laughs> I'll, I'll go on this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's this, basic stuff, but it's yeah. so powerful. And the yeah. fact that you said the physical body is really the strongest antenna to the the soul, to the ethers, to, you know, it's just like, oh, that's so good because it's so easy for us, especially, you know, light workers and you know, more kind of etheric minded people to just kind of want to go up and out and just kind of go hang out up in the ethers. But really to bring that down into the body is so fulfilling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really, again, it's part of that, the yeah. wholeness that we were talking about earlier. And, and, you know, unfortunately we as humans often have a very disconnected relationship with our bodies and so it's that practice of really coming into the embodiment of the physical vehicle that we chose to be here in so that we deepen that alignment and connection. So powerful. 
So beautiful. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been such a joy. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. And may we all be open to the possibilities. Just open. Just open to the possibilities. That's it. Beautiful. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you. You heard her here first, or as it turns out, maybe not. One of her good friends is actually my podcast guest today. This is election day in the US, the day that this episode dropped. And I'm interviewing Amy's friend, Melanie Weller, live on my Facebook page today. And it's also in the Gathering of Boundless Souls. So make sure you hop into that group. More info will be coming to you later about that because I've started to give those Boundless Souls a behind-the-scenes look into the interview process. So that's super duper cool. I had no idea that Melanie and Amy were friends until Amy asked to join the Gathering of Boundless Souls. And of course, Melanie is there already. She's a teacher and mentor of mine. And I can't wait to share her stuff too. And then Melanie said, did you know that Amy's one of my favorite people? (laughs) Like, no way. (laughs) I love it so much. This podcast world is very, very magical. This whole world, which of course we talked about in the podcast. If you are open to the magic, you will absolutely find it. Okay, I'm going to share a couple of my favorite quotes again, and then I will invite you to join me in Amy's practice. So here we are. The experience here is for the purpose of our soul's expansion. This is such a good point. And it's funny because remember how in the beginning, me just talking before we jumped into the interview with Amy, I talked about her numerology and her path is the expansive mind. So her path is to show people that there are infinite possibilities and opportunities and that there is good in literally every moment if you simply are open and expanded enough to find it, see it, feel it, and be it. I so love that. Yay. Uh, Another favorite quote that came just after that was the soul is like a hungry dog. It just wants to consume experiences. So if you just remember that, you know, whatever you're going through, your soul is still consuming this experience and it is expanding itself through that experience. So if you can take the pressure off yourself, this is my big thing lately is take the pressure off me. If I can picture that just like, okay, pressure's off. There's this sense of Ah, relaxation, the sense of ease that can come in. And life is a lot more fun that way, don't you think? (laughs) And I really loved how Amy, you know, talking about her journey said, I can't imagine not living this way. And it hit such a beautiful, harmonious chord in me as well, because I have on my journey, and I still do from time to time, go back and forth between what am I you know, what am I doing? Why did I choose this path? It didn't come with a roadmap. It came with my soul map, but I was taught how to read a roadmap. You know, that's kind of the analogy. It's like the road more traveled comes with this map and directions and rest stops along the way. And you know where you're going. It comes with hotels that are already booked for you. You know, it's kind of like that, this well-planned out yet really boring journey through life. And then there's the path 
less traveled or the road less traveled. Yeah, did you read the book? <laughs> and this one is more like, okay, um, I think this is a path. I'm going to try it. And you end up going in the woods. And wow, is it beautiful because all the little animals are in there. Maybe some bigger animals. You got the flowers. You got the plants. You got the shadows from the different flora. <laughs> and you have the sense of mystery with every step. You know, where's the next rest stop? Well, just, you know, go in the bushes over there. <laughs> That's what it feels like, really, to follow your soul, to lead a different kind of life. And it is really, it's a total shift of consciousness in a way. It's a shift of the way that you live. But I would rather be hiking in nature and experiencing new things and seeing amazing magic, really magic, wherever I go. The flowers blooming. I had a little mongoose on my lanai today, and it was just, I don't see mongoose out here. And it was just like, oh, and I know that they're not quote-unquote supposed to be here in Hawaii, but it was so cute. A baby gecko last night was climbing up our wall, and it went on my painting. It was just, this is magic. This is the kind of life I want to live. And it doesn't come with a map, because you're not on that highway that everyone else is on. You're on your own path, and sometimes you look down and you're like, this isn't even a path, but you know what? Step anyway. Step anyway. Because once you take a step, then you know what the next one is. You don't even know, you know, on the big road, on the highway, the one that everyone's taking, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen there either. So you kind of just have to choose your mystery, the one you think you know, or the one you open up to and simply wonder, wonder at life. It's the most amazing thing. And besides, as Amy said, the soul is going to want what the soul wants. So really, there's no use fighting it. And before I go to begin this journey of following the soul, why don't we start with a week and then carry on, if you like, of waking up to those conscious breaths where you're taking that gift of life in. And as you do that, you're also bringing in an intention, something you want to feel, be it peace or love, or release, or joy, or gratitude, whatever it is for that day, inhale that beautiful breath and that beautiful intention, and then exhale whatever it is that you're wanting to let go. Take five to seven of those deep breaths as you wake up in the morning. And then when you're ready to step your feet down onto the earth, onto the floor, onto the ground, step your feet down, stand there, and feel where you are. I am here. Assert, I am here. Bring that soul, if you want to include your soul visualization, bring the soul in. Embody the soul right here, right now. And finally, open up to the magic. Open up to the possibility of whatever this day will bring. It is such an amazing place to be, amazing way to feel, and an amazing mindset. I don't want to say mindset, but it's the easiest way I can say it right now. It's just a beautiful mindset to travel through your day with. So let's all take this moment now. No matter where you are, no matter if you're going to bed, no matter if you're just getting up or you're anywhere in between, take this moment right now to say, you know what? No matter what's happened today, 
I am open to the possibility. I'm open to whatever magic is in store for me today. And I can't wait. Thank you for listening. And thank you so much for being a part of this great awakening on earth. What a wild time to be here. I want you to know I'm here for you. If you're looking for one-on-one support or just need quick clarity, head to beingboundless.com to see how I can help make your transformation smoother. If you found this episode to be helpful, please share it with your friends. On a similar note, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so others like you can find it and benefit too. I cannot wait to read yours on a future episode. Until next time, thank you so much, Boundless Soul, for being boundless with me. Your friend, Elsie.